Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Here we go, folks. Here we go. The Nonprofit Exchange again. It's Hubaloo in uh, central western Virginia where today the flowers are coming out. The sun is shining. Uh, it's absolutely a gorgeous day. And these are the old mountains here in, in the Appalachians, Russell. You got the young mountains out there in Denver. They're all pointy. Well, yeah, we haven't filed them down yet, and we've got a lot of them, too. We've got a lot of them. Well, we have a, a good guest that you actually talked to and got her on board today. And it's a really important topic that people don't think about um, globally or even around the corner in, in their own communities. There's a lot more that we can do. So Barbara Janes, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Hello, you. Hello, Russ. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Tell our, our viewers, listeners, a little bit about Barbara and you know, your history and why you're doing what you're doing now. I'd love to, you. Thank you. Um, in 2006, my family and I moved to Superior, Colorado, right outside of Boulder. And before that, I lived in Cleveland, and I did inner city redevelopment. I worked in some of the toughest neighborhoods in the country and did urban renewal. I did some hospitals, large-scale ground-up shopping centers and grocery stores, and I loved what I did, and it was my vocation. And when we came to Denver, it wasn't as old and people weren't as interested in my vocation and um, developing strong communities. So I said, I'm just going to go to the nonprofit sector and I'm going to take my vocation there and all of my business skills. And I went to the nonprofit sector. I went to one of the most well-known nonprofits in Denver and I would bring them these incredible partners and they didn't know how to develop the relationships and they just let it all fall apart. And they were just all about, I just want the check. And I'm like, you can't do that. Target doesn't want you to ring through a gallon of milk one time. They want you to ring through a gallon of milk a thousand times. And businesses needed to start think, nonprofits needed to start thinking like businesses. And I realized that and that they needed to learn how to develop these relationships and to know that they're a value added. So that's how Positively Funded was founded. Positively funded. Positively funded. That's your that's your business and your website. It is. It's positively-funded.com. And what's that about? I wanted nonprofits to think of a positive way to fund themselves. What I do is very beneficial to both parties. It's not about give me, give me, give me. It's about going out and developing a relationship that works in the business sector. You go to the, you find your community allies and you ask, what is it that you need? Are you having a hard time engaging millennials? Are you having a hard time keeping your employees? Do you need a better market profile? Do you need sales increased? And you work with the nonprofit to, to benefit yourself, to help your business grow, and to benefit the nonprofit at the same time. Russell, you hear that? There's a, there's a synergy you know, we, we've been we've been uh, barking a best story to people who, who go, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a synergy between uh, for-profit 
for-profit and for-purpose businesses. I couldn't get my mouth moving right. What did you hear in there, Russ? Well, it's all about collaboration. And we had a great discussion on that. I've been wanting to get Barbara on the show for a while. And uh, we just started having discussions. And there are people I'm meeting all over the place, uh, right here in town, that uh, Barbara and I will be talking with soon. Because, uh, you know, I it never ceases to amaze me how uh, when you're sort of vibrating at a certain frequency, people start to turn up. I had a good friend who did uh, therapy uh, for veterans and other things who's recently retired. I just ran into her this morning. We were having coffee, and she said, what can I do? So uh, that's somebody that Barbara needs to meet and other people around here need to meet because we can get a lot more done together. And the traditional models of each thing uh, don't seem to fit. So I'm starting to see people who are creating hybrid businesses, uh, socially responsible businesses. They're taking their for-purpose enterprises in new directions and looking at mission-based revenue. So it's all very exciting, but it starts with partnerships and being able to to talk to each other. And I, Barbara and I met for lunch once, and she's so easy to talk to. And it's just amazing how, uh, I don't know if it's just, uh, it could be that we're vibrating on the same frequency, could be a mild form of group psychosis. Either way, the, the results will be the same if we collaborate and work together. And Barb's masterful at putting these partnerships together. She's from my hometown. So it's not surprising. Yeah, that's the thin air there that um, helps inspire you, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so Russ, we um, we preach this song of, of working together, of collaborating. And in, in, in town where I live, Lynchburg, Virginia, the University of Lynchburg is launching a center for nonprofit leadership, and it's building it around this whole theme of collaboration. Because we have lots and lots of nonprofits that distribute food to hungry people. And then there's some that, that feed meals in addition to that. But there's not a real uh, overarching umbrella of how they can work together. So like if somebody's hungry on a Friday night, none of them are available for food. Um, if somebody is bound in at home and they don't have transportation, there's no way they can get to this, this food bank. So we're putting together um, an umbrella organization for people to know, number one, that other ones exist, and number two, where can we have a meaningful conversation? So, so Barbara, let's start from the beginning. We've got these different entities. And from where I sit, and, and I've been in history a little bit longer than you guys, where I sit uh, today, it's more important for the work of, of our social benefit, our for purpose, our nonprofits, our charities, whatever we call ourselves. Our work is more important today because the world is so splintered and fragmented and toxic. So we bring this substantive work together of doing good, but really it works better if we work together. So where's the starting point? Suppose like the scenario I, I just outlined, there's a bunch of food or a bunch of, uh, of medical facilities that are you know, free clinics. How do you start this conversation? How do you paint this paradigm of benefit? And how do you take people who are interested and make them allies? Well, you, the scenario that you put out is very common, that 
non one nonprofit does this, another one does that. The nonprofits need to come together and collaborate as well. And they need to look at where are the gaps that we need to fill in. We both do amazing things, but no one nonprofit can be everything to the world. And then you might take the scenario and take those gaps, Hugh, and go out and find a community partner and say, we have this need. And here's what it is. We're not serving, take your example on a Friday night. If there's someone hungry on a Friday night while we both have food, we're not available to serve them. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the bodies to do it ourselves. How could we work with you to help solve this problem? And ask for the mentorship from those companies. It's so important that when you work with a company, you are working from bottom to top and top to bottom and hitting everyone. So go to their development people, go to their operations people, go to their finance people in the C-suite and say, we need mentorship in these areas. We have this problem, help us solve it. And go to their new employees and say, we could use some volunteers. And the company that you work for is amazing because they're helping to support the community and help to feed those that are hungry. And we need your support as well. Talk about employee retention and the mental health benefits from volunteering. It's amazing. And to engage your millennials. Millennials don't just want what's in the envelope at the end of the week. They want a purpose and a reason to be there. And you, are, you the nonprofit, can help them give that purpose. That's, that's connecting those dots. Uh, connecting those dots is essential. Um, so there's this fear factor I find where we've got our group of volunteers, we don't want other people to take them. We got our group of donors, we don't want other people to know about them. But commonly, volunteers work with several organizations and donors donate to a bunch of organizations. So, so speak to this fear of having these conversations. How do we get people to the table to even explore the potential. That is so true. When it comes down to donors and volunteers and your corporate champions, suddenly everyone turns into 12-year-old mean girls. And you have to stop that mindset. You have to, you cannot come from the mindset of scarcity. And you have to come from the mindset of, I'm a value added. And don't you want volunteers and donors that are passionate about what you're doing? If they're not passionate about you, they're not really your volunteers and donors. They might just be there for the day. Don't you want someone there for the long haul and to create an authentic long-term relationship with them? So shouldn't you find the right people for your mission that have the passion for it that are truly going to become your partners? Russ, what's the, uh, Russ is thinking on that one. I yeah. He's bubbling up. Well, yeah, you, you have to get the right people on the bus, and, and uh, that involves speaking to them in a way that kind of resonates with them. It's just finding that spot where you connect, and uh, they get that. So, you know, one of the things that, that we were thinking about is uh, running an organization, and uh, when do you come to the realization that, that you need allies in the community? Well, there, I'll tell you my life philosophy, and this is kind of how I raised my girls, is the strongest trees have the most branches. 
So I gave my children a lot of branches. We don't have family here in Colorado. We moved to the other coast away from everyone. So I gave them branches at church and they have branches in the neighborhood and they have branches at school and they had branches at sports. So they had a lot of strength because they had a lot of different people in their lives to help nurture them because it does take your village. Your nonprofit, you should look at it the same way. Do you have enough branches? Are you a strong four-legged stool? Do you have grants? Do you have community allies? Do you have individual donors? Do you have a fundraising program? You can't just rely on one leg to be a strong stool. You need a little bit of everything. So if you think about how you diversify your financial, your personal financial portfolio, and we're all told to do that, do that with your nonprofit funding. Is your portfolio diversified? Do you have four strong legs to hold you up? Or are you one grant away from closing your door? If you don't have those four strong legs, then go out and make partners. Go out and find community allies. Bring the for-profit sector into you and share your passion and your story. So what does that process look like? A lot of people say, okay, I need partners, but where do I start trying to figure out which ones I need and how to go about getting them? Um, Russ, that's a great question. I think that for a lot of people, that's a conversation stopper. They're like, I know I need partners, but I don't know what to do. And then someone comes to the door that needs your help and it ends right there. So you have to take some time out to focus on yourself and care for yourself and to nurture your own nonprofit before you go by the way of Blockbuster and the dinosaurs. And some of the ways that you can look for partners is to look at your board and tell them, we've got this winning partnership idea that we want to collaborate with the for-profit sector. Can I, look to, can I look at your LinkedIn contacts and see if there might be someone there that you could introduce me to? And I want to make it perfectly clear. I am not calling that person to ask for a check. I'm looking for a true, authentic business partnership where I can increase their brand and community power and they can help support us. So that's one starter right there is with your board. And that is it's going right to the table and doing something for them first. And it's looking at where can we add value? Because that's what a partnership is all about. It's not one-sided. It's all about people bringing value. And a lot of nonprofits have trouble looking at things that way when they're speaking with their donors or potential donors. It's not a hat-in-hand kind of thing. It's we can together provide a value that's going to make a change in our community. And if we can do that, then we'll, we'll be able to make some impact. So in terms of allies or partners, uh, what qualities do we look for in a good ally? And what sort of things do we do ourselves to make ourselves good allies for people we want to partner with? Well, Russ, one of the things that I always coach nonprofits on is look at the mission statement and look at the values of the company and what they're doing right now. Before you approach them, you look at that and say, wow, we really seem to have similar thought process here and a similar value trait. So that would be someone that I can approach. And look at their press releases. Are they growing? What are they looking for? What are they talking about? So that when you do reach out to them, you can say, hey, you know, I read that press release and I saw 
I heard this, this, and this, and that really aligns with what we're doing too. So maybe we could help each other get to where we want to be. And they can do that a lot. Of, you know, the, the difference isn't necessarily just two acts if you get two organizations or three organizations, but it's actually uh, you multiply your, your resources exponentially instead of sequentially. Absolutely. And that's important. You can't, when you go out and you start this, it's my philosophy, what I found when, whether I was doing real estate development or whether I'm doing nonprofit business development, I go by the 30-10-3 rule. I'm going to call 30 people. 10 of them actually want to talk to me. And three want to say, yeah, I like that. Let's talk about it some more. Well, that's a great ratio, 30-10-3. Talk to 30. 10 to what? Call 30. <laughs> call 30. <laughs> 10 will actually want to talk to you and say, I want to, you know, I want to hear about this. And three of them actually want to bite into it and say, this is a good idea. I can see where this is helpful to me and helpful to you. Let's, let's sit down and talk. That's a pretty important, pretty important routine, isn't it? Wow. That's pretty good. Talk to 10 for every one that we want to secure. And I guess that works with, with any of your customer base, whether that's donors or volunteers, potential board members. But I love the, the idea of making sure that you check that alignment. And people like to, to, to talk with people that have actually done a little bit of homework and know a little bit about your organization or a little bit about you as a person and you start asking questions uh, about them. And, and LinkedIn is a good platform. And it's, it's wonderful, yeah. Everybody's favorite subject is them. You know, they're their own favorite subject. So, you know, it's finding a way to lift them up and not blowing smoke. I mean, people can tell if you're just blowing smoke, but if there's an authentic connection, uh, leveraging that and talking about that, so this is what we call ROR, return on relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that, so that 30, 10, 3 rule, that's an ongoing pattern. I, I hear people say, oh, you know, I talked to an organization about it and it didn't work. And I say, you know, I talked to an organization and it didn't work. And I say, you know, I tried working out one day last year and it didn't work either. Uh, so, so I think for underneath what I'm hearing you say, there's a, there's a continuity. There's a got to stick with it. There's there's persistence that's important. Speak to a little about that because we think, oh, we're bothering people. Well, no, we're not. We're giving them an opportunity. So help 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 re reverse that paradigm, would you? You're right. You need to have the tenacity, just like a business would. Mm. You know, I want this. I know I'm making a difference. I know the product that I have is changing my community. And you need to have the tenacity and the passion and the fire and to go out with that. And no, you're not bothering people because you don't know what problems that business has and you've got something to offer to help them with those problems. Whether it's, do people know your brand? Do you have brand recognition? Do you need a new platform to put yourself out on? Are you struggling in the hiring process? You can put a letter from us in your new hire packet so that when employees come in and interview with you, we're right there to talk about it. In your follow-up emails, we're right there with the video to say how amazing you are. We're your partnership and everything, from sales to hiring, 
to, you don't know who we know that you might want your products out in their stores. So truly embed yourself in that culture and be there and make it a give, give. So Russell, you have your head around what, what Barbara Jane actually does. I, I try to call her Jane, but it's Barbara Jane. What do you have your head around her special area? And can you explain it for people that are listening to her for the first time? Well, you know, what she does is bring people together from multiple sectors to solve social problems and put good systems in place and help people have conversations. And the conversation that we rarely have uh, when you're talking with people in nonprofit sectors is about value, the dreaded V word because that's what we're all bringing to the table and it's helping people understand that they bring value and to quantify that in terms that make sense to other people. And she helps with building business systems and uh, really sort of thinking of your organization as a business, as a producer of value and approaching from that place so that you're out there offering everybody you come in contact with something of value, whether they're donors, whether they're providing pro bono work, whether they're socially responsible business looking to support a cause or nonprofit looking to get support of all types. And, you know, it boils down to a couple of things, money and people. And without, if you're short on either, uh, at some point, you're going to fold. Barbara, how did he do? He did great. And he's very true. I am called the connector. And I think that that's important because I connect for winning relationships. And he's right about the value add. And I like to play the game bigger and better in business. You know, have you ever played bigger and better as a kid where you start off with a paperclip and you go door to door and say, I've got a paperclip. What will you trade me that's bigger and better? And they hand you something else and you go to the next door. I do the same with my nonprofits and my business partnerships. I had a nonprofit that I was meeting with and they said, oh, well, this church came and built our fence a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, well, how did you thank them? How did you follow up? Well, we're going to send them a letter. I'm like, no, no, no. They've got parishioners. They've got a congregation. You go and ask their pastor. We want to thank your congregation in person. Could we just have five minutes after church to stand up when you do your announcements to thank them personally and let them know what building this fence meant to us and to talk about our charity. I'm like, you've got a captive audience of 300 or more people. Don't walk away from that. That's not a thank you letter. That's a go out and get it with your fire. Whoa. Whoa. Did you hear that bigger and better, Russell? Maybe we should knock on doors. And, and we like that. So, so Barb and I've got time to work on this. When you, when we do get you here to town, we'll take you to uh, to McDonald's, and then we're gonna we're gonna swap that for McCormick and Schmick or Morton's or something like. That. That's probably a little bit too far, but you know the idea is now firmly implanted. It's like toothpaste. Once it comes out, it's not going back in. <laughs> you believe when you got this bigger and better okay oh man you know where your friends are don't you <laughs> so so um russell i heard her talk about installing or teaching or business principles to nonprofits. i'm not sure that all businesses have those skills either they think they do 
and they've got some cash flow that masks their their ignorance. But there, that's a that's what Russ and I spend our life doing is is helping um, nonprofit organizations think in terms of cash flow and budgeting and marketing and all of those things that businesses need. But I find that sometimes even business that says that donate or buy sponsorships um, for a nonprofit don't know how to get the benefit or reciprocal benefit out of that sponsorship. They mm-hmm. donate, but they don't know how to say to that, what's this money going to create? What impact will this money create? What's the diff- what difference will it make? They don't know how to ask that. And when they make a business decision is I want to use some of my marketing money to sponsor your event. Um, they don't really know how to get a return on that investment. Is that part of what you help both sides explore? It absolutely is you. And it's so important because I teach this to both sides. You need to say for every $10 we bring in, we provide a box of groceries to a family that will feed them for a week. What nonprofits do with money is magical. And you need to say for every $20, we can take care of 10 new dogs in our shelter. And when you quantify it like that, it lets the business know, oh, I'm donating $5,000. It translates to 500 dogs. This is what I can do. And on the nonprofit side, you should always be talking numbers, numbers, numbers. Numbers ring true with millennials and they ring true with businesses. And when you say to someone, this is what $50 can do, like, oh, I don't know you could do that with $50. I'd have given you 500. I just didn't realize that I would have upped my ante. So let them know from the beginning, if you're doing an event, this is how much we want to raise. And this is what it breaks down to. And for every $20 increment, this is what it, this is what it'll change. And the same on the business side, let people know, Hey, this is what we did last year for nonprofits. And here's the impact for each one of them. There's a lot in that. Ask I uh, served a church in Atlanta of 12,000 and the preacher raised $18 million for the next phase of the building program, actually double the size of the facility, but um, he did that in 14 lunches. And I was sitting in his office one day, they were building out everything. He had the cash before they dug any dirt, but he's reading in the newspaper where one of the people he talked to had given $4 million for a building at one of the local universities. And he called the guy up and says, I'm sorry to ask you for such a small amount. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, when you when you hit that sweet spot, so we underestimate ourselves. But it's important to set those expectations. What is it that you want? And I think the way to do that, whether you're approaching a foundation or a corporation, is to look at what it is that you want to try to get, but find out what they want. And what Barbara's good at is is helping them find that because they don't always know what it is they they want to get. So she sits with them and works with them uh, with the business and say, okay, what is it that you want to try to do? And you can't get goodwill uh, out of a Madison Avenue magazine spread. You know, it comes from uh, being out there connecting with people, making a difference. And so if everybody's kind of clear on the common goals, then you can set some measures. And with, with donors, it's important to keep in touch with them. Uh, after they've written that check, get in touch with them to tell them what the money's doing. Uh, the money should be 
uh, quantified not just numerically, but in terms of story, in terms of people who are getting the services, who is impacting, uh, how far those dollars are going, uh, and thanking them and, and, and highlighting some of them. This is what your, your support is making possible and showing those things so that they hear from you much more frequently than when you need money. Uh, because uh, if the only time they, they hear from you is when it's time to write a check, you're going to run for the hills. You are so right. That is not the thing to do. It shouldn't be, oh, I've gotten my check. Life is beautiful. No, no, no. Make that relationship true. Ask them, can we do a quarterly vi updated video for your staff? Every quarter, let's update them and let them know the impact and what's going on. You want to triple your Rolodex. They want to keep their employees and you want to triple your Rolodex and you want to embed yourself into that culture to support them and to support your nonprofit. So you do that video, that two-minute video that goes out in an email link to every employee and you thank them. You let them know what you've brought in. You let them know what you've done with it. Let them know what you're seeing that's new. It's amazing that we've got these wonderful programs and you're supporting them and we're able to serve so many more people. But do you know, in the last month, we had 50 people come in with this problem. We got to figure out how to solve this. Will you roll up your sleeves and help me solve it? And you engage them beyond money, sweat equity, mentorship, be there for me. And I want to hit on something that Russ said before about knowing who your audience is. I firmly believe you just don't go out and throw stuff up against the wall to see what sticks. So many people will say, you're a big company, write me a check. No, you have to have a reason. You gotta start with your why. I really researched you. I know what you do. We've got the same vibe. We're good for each other. Let's talk about this. I think a lot of that goes to getting into the psychology of their branding because you, you have Nike that says, just do it. Uh, so if your message resonates with something along those lines, you get an idea of, you look at who's in their commercials. So who are the people that they're trying to reach? Who are they trying to attract? How many of those people are in your tribe? because they want exposure to people in your tribe. They want that goodwill. So it's, it's important to look at that uh, to see, okay, how do we align with it? Just as importantly, to use language that resonates with them to start a conversation. And I think the conversation starts with trying to find the, the right person. That may not always be somebody with a sponsorship label. It may be somebody that's in marketing. Uh, or have another title, but they have different pockets of money and only certain a number of dollars are earmarked in sponsorship. They could support you elsewhere. So it's having that conversation and asking them questions uh, with what you have in mind and then sort of bouncing something off of them. But it's trying to dig up information that's not in their literature just to, to get a feel for the person and start building that relationship. And, and after you've kind of got an idea where they're going in that particular point in time, then you ask them, you tell them a little bit about your project. And uh, after you've gathered enough information, you ask if it's okay to send a proposal. But when you talk to these folks, they're very busy. 
you want to try to get a 10 to 15 minute information interview. And nothing will annoy them more than asking them questions about stuff that's on their website that they spend a lot of money pushing out to get. So doing that homework is really important. And that's what Barbara's masterful at helping you do it. They have to know that you know who they are and they have to know why. Why have you called me? And you need to have a good answer. I went to a meeting with one of my clients and um, the person across the table, the owner of the company said, well, why did you call on us? And I could tell them exactly why. I'm like, you belong to this association and this technology association aligns with what this charity does. And I, and he's like, thank you. That's, you know exactly who we are. We walked out with a check. And that's, it makes all the difference in the world to take that time and to really know who you're talking to and why you're talking to them. Well, you don't always expect to walk out with a check on the first visit, but if that's the end result, be open to receive that. <laughs> My client was very happy and it really opened their eyes to the way that I do my things. Um, I really want my clients to learn from my playbook and to be able to run with it and do it on their own. I don't want to be there permanently for you. I want you to be able to grasp this and grow with it. And as your community needs change, you will be able to go out and meet those needs. You know, people, again, we get back to this discussion of value and a lot of businesses quantify that by their products and services. How can a nonprofit do that? Because a lot of people sit there and uh, they actually have a sort of a limited view of, okay, what's valuable to other people? What are some things that they can do to demonstrate value? Know your data. Know who you're helping and how many people you're serving. And so that when you're meeting with that person, you've got your numbers and you've got your alignment. And when you ask that company, what is it that you need? Do you need us to write a thank you letter that you can send to your vendors that's geared to your vendors to let them know what a community ally you are and what a community support you are? Do you need us to do a video to your vendors that you can send out to let them know what you're doing? And in doing these things, it triples the Rolodex for the nonprofit and opens up new eyes on, puts new eyes on them as well as helps the business. You need us to do a video for your customers so that when they purchase something and they get the receipt and they're saying that your package is coming, I'm there to thank them personally and to let them know what you do in the community and how important you are so that they're just not getting a pair of shoes, they're getting someone that makes a difference in the world and that's who they're buying from. So tell us what it is that you need. You know, you mentioned vendors, and I, I don't know that people think of that, but part of, of the value of your board of directors is the relationships they have. And so I don't know if many people think in terms of, okay, we don't have a relationship with XYZ company, but we got people on our board to have relationships with W company, who's a vendor for XYZ company. How many do you frequently find that that's a, a, a good way to approach a, an organization? It is. Using vendors is very important. They want that winning relationship with their internal customers, and it just creates even greater synergy. 
And it gives the company that you want to ally with, it gives them a better story that they can tell to their vendors. You know, we're just not buying copy paper from anybody. We're buying copy paper from the company that does. And you have their community story and you've got their back. Make sure you're wearing each other's jerseys. What do you think of that, Hugh? Are you ready to run out and buy a Cleveland Browns jersey and, and get yourself a Denver Broncos jersey just in case it all goes sideways for the Redskins? <laughs> I gather those are football teams. I'm not much of a football fan. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a NASCAR guy, you know. That's me. I'm in the South, you know. So this is very intriguing. So let's talk about your um, – your, um, organization. Um, remind me the name of it. Positively Dash Funded. How did you come, come to that name? I, well, I wanted to change the way that nonprofits thought about funding and not to think that you have to go out with your tail tucked between your legs and grovel and just, I got to go out and beg. The lights are going to get turned off. No, you are value added. You have something positive to give to the business world and the for-profit sector beyond the community that you provide services for. Get out there and be positive with it and say, I've got something to offer. I want to be your partner. I want to make your business thrive so that my community that I serve thrives also. It's a win-win uh, proposition. Um, and I heard Russ say earlier in the conversation about um, finding out what other people want. It's, it's something that he introduces into a conversation on finding board members or finding donors. And it would occur to me the same thing um, what would happen here, find out what the business is interested in. And you had done your homework, so you walked out with a check with that one company. You'd, you'd studied what they were about. I can't tell you how many times that doesn't happen with, with companies I know that go and make a pitch and when they write a letter, they misspell the person's name. That's not a good start. And so doing your homework. So what was your, in, uh, your um, how did you get the name um, with, for this company? How did, you, how did you think of that name? It's just what I came up with. I wanted to make a difference in the way and change the mindset of how nonprofits felt that they needed to be funded and that you don't need to beg. This is a positive thing. You're going to go out and offer something positive to those that are financially investing in you, sweat equity investing in you, pro bono. You know, you've got something great to offer. Let's do a summary here. So what are the top three to five mistakes that nonprofits make when they approach a company for some sort of connection, some sort of uh, partnership, some sort of funding? And what's the remedy to those three to five top mistakes? I think the very first thing is do your homework. Study who you're going after and know why you're going after them. Don't go in cold. So the mistake is they don't know a bit about what, what that company does or the person. So they've, no. they've not honored that person at all. No. And when you talked about when you're sending out a letter and you misspelled the name, I advise never to blindly just send out a letter. I don't do that. I research my companies, call them first. 
have a conversation and then send a follow-up email. Thank them for their time. If you leave a voicemail, send a follow-up email. Say, I left you a message this morning and I want you to know why I left that message and I appreciate your time. Right, so when you call a company, who do you, who do you ask for? It depends on what the nonprofit really needs, but you typically look at um, who is doing their community investments. Most companies now have a community investment team. Um, they have an employee engagement team. You ask for those things, those types of departments. All right, so the, the first mistake is, um, like the art of war says in the book, know your enemy. You need, yep. to, you need to know your, your prospect. So the, yep. the problem is they don't know who they are, know about them, know the personality or anything about them. So the remedy is study who they are and get educated before you even make the first call. Mm -hmm. right. Absolutely. That's your very first thing. Give know us, your audience. Give us a few more. What's another problem that nonprofits make? The okay. other thing yeah. is going in and going in for the kill and I just want the check. No, develop the relationship. You don't just want that check. You need a lot more than that check. You need partners. You need support. You need a strong four-legged stool and ask for it. Say, I need mentorship. You know, your CFO, I need help with my books. I need to understand how to financially run better. Give me mentorship. I need from your operations department. I know that we're going to have to replace our roof in three years. I don't know the first thing about getting a roofing contractor. I need to start saving for that now, and I need to know what to look for, and what's my best roof to have in the long term. Ask for the help, and ask for the right people help. You know, go bottom to top. You go for their C-suite, go for their board. Know those people, research them, and know that you need more than just a check. You need a lot of sweat equity in volunteering too. All right, so not knowing your prospect, going in there thinking it's one and done, not working on a long-term relationship. So what's another? Not doing your follow-up and your diligence. Oh, yes. Not keeping that relationship fire stoked and not staying in touch and saying, what can we offer you? I see that one of your goals is that you want to hire 10 new people. How can I help you hire those 10 new people? Do you want a letter from us saying how amazing you are that goes into your interview packets? Do you want a video for us for your follow-up thank you? How can we help? Do you want an opportunity so that on that person's first day of work, because there's someone that I work with that has this, that every employee's first day of work, they don't show up at the company. This is our charity. You're going to go over there and you're going to stock the shelves of this food bank and spend the day with them. Tomorrow you show up here. That is great. That is great. Okay. That's three really good ones. You want to float another one or so? Or is that pretty good? Well, I really think that it's important that you have your number ducks in a row. Ooh. Know your numbers. Know your numbers internally, know how they work, and know your company's numbers. Say, I want to know what your turnover rate is now since we've started this partnership. I want to know about your brand recognition. I want to know about your sales. I want to know about your customer satisfaction. I want to know that we have impacted you in return. There's, there's also reciprocal when you're asking for money. 
you want to ask for a specific amount. There's some people say, oh, I need 20 to 30,000. Well, that's not very specific. And it seems like I, I don't, what's the, there's a $10,000 spread there. It doesn't sound like you're very careful with my money. Because it's their money until they give it to you. So yes, specificity is important. The universal here, 20,000. If you say 20 to 30, 20,000 will show up. That's what you put out there. That's what you want. So, yeah, it helps to be specific, very specific, you know. So these, these are things, and it sounds like all of these things, as far as looking for ways to be a service, uh, can help build a long-term relationship with a with a business or between a business or a nonprofit yeah um but how what what are some other things what are what are the most important things say for the the uh the the business to do uh or for the nonprofit to do what maybe two or three things that are very important for each of them to do to make sure that you can build and maintain a long-term relationship. I think the very first thing in your follow-up plan is have a regular communication strategy. We're going to talk. Whatever department is your go-to department, your person, have a standing monthly conversation and update each other. This is how things are going on our side and here's your impact great, this is how things are going on our side, and here's your impact. Keep that communication going. Offer to spend time with their employees. Do a lunch and learn. Hey, would you like us to come in quarterly and do a lunch and learn and talk about what seniors need? Here are the latest statistics in America for seniors, and here's their food scarcity, here's their transportation problem, here's, let us come in and talk about our wisdom in our sector and how you can overcome these things and how we work together. Do That's we brilliant. That's brilliant. Invite us to come to your association, whatever your trade association is, drag us along. Let us be your dog and pony show. We're there for you. Well, that's also a part of top of mind marketing. They don't they don't forget you because you're there and you're always looking at bringing value to the other. I think there's a lot of business uh, leaders that see nonprofit as, okay, it's my duty. They write a check, I'm done, I'm gonna go back to work now. Rather than looking for the win-win, which takes a little time. But I, I like your set of questions. Um, do you work just in, um, just in your area? I, she has a superior attitude, Russell, I don't know why. Just in superior or do you work all over? No, I go well beyond Superior, Colorado. I love Superior, Colorado, and Boulder County is my home, that's for sure. But I've worked with international nonprofits. I've worked with nonprofits that serve all of America. I've worked with statewide nonprofits, and I work with little babies that are just, okay, we only have a staff of four. You know what? That's all right. Everyone starts somewhere, and everyone can create winning partnerships no matter what your size is. Is there a place on your um, website where people can ping you and have a conversation with you, just explore possibilities, have a conversation? Absolutely. My phone number is on there, my email. There's a contact form. You can reach out and contact me. Whatever medium is, is your comfort zone, whether it be the phone or email. 
Well, this is um, this is a lot of really good stuff. We transcribe these, and it goes into the podcast, and it goes onto the uh, the web page. People can find this by going to the that's the word the d h e the nonprofit exchange, which is we're over four years into these interviews, and we've had really good people, including today, with really good pieces of wisdom. I like uh, I'm a conductor by trade, um, musical conductor, not a railroad conductor, and the composer-conductor Ralph Vaughan Williams from Britain was known to have said, music did not reveal all of its secrets to just one person. And we could say that about funding, we could say that about partnerships, we could say that about leadership. So it's really good. We've gotten some wisdom from a lot of people over the four years. And thank you for your time today. I'm going to do a, a sponsor message and then give you a chance to have the last word what thought do you want to leave people with? Uh, or do you have a tip? Or do you have a challenge for people? So we're going to let you, after I do my sponsor sponsor announcement, I'm, I'm going to let you uh, have, and then Russell takes us out for the end of the interview. Um, our, our sponsor is our printer and our direct mail person for this magazine. Uh, not performance, it's Nonprofit Performance 360 magazine. Even though nonprofit is not a word we're, we're famous about, we're, we're, we think has importance, but it's, it's a word people know. But it's a magazine that has articles from experts, and uh, uh, Barbara James will be in there, and another one, I wish we'd known you before. This particular one is coming out as we speak, and it's about community nonprofits working together. And this, this Academy Theater in Lynchburg was closed for 60 years, and the, the whole community came together and raised $19 million, $20 million, somewhere 20 to 30 million to refurbish it and open it up as a brand new facility. And I had a directed a concert during opening week of that theater. And we have our mayor, we have the director of that, that nonprofit, we have the community foundation, some other local leaders um, who, who work together. Otherwise, this wouldn't have been possible. But we start looking at how the city works on nonprofits we look at how the nonprofits work with each other and how the community, the community foundation helps bring nonprofits together. So the, the messages you have shared today are close to our heart, and we wish that people in every community would have some wisdom to share. We're going to feature you in a subsequent magazine, but WordSprint is our, is, our pub, is our printer. We're the publisher. He's our printer for the magazine, and we mail it. And his routine is 30-30-30 direct mail it's in their hands so we send the magazine with a letter it says here's an offer for you but it goes to a person the right person that's 30 percent to with the right message here's what we're doing mr donor mrs donor with your money here's what's happening third the right person the right information the right rhythm they need to hear about what's going on what's going on what's going on and then you ask for money so it's the rhythm of keeping them up to speed so Nonprofit Performance 360 is a publication of Center Vision Leadership Foundation and our community, online community for community builders is where you find like-minded people. You not only learn, but you share and you grow together. It's a collaborative space, by the way, Barbara James. So you can go to thenonprofitexchange.org. You can see the latest podcast. You can click on archives. You can see all of these recordings over the years. And there's a blue button at the top of the page. It says join. 
And right now, if you join for free or any, there's three different levels, but even if you join for free, we invite you to try us out. You get Hugh's program, The Five Pillars for Success. And all these pillars allow for this collaboration, this partnership that you're talking about to really happen and, and to make a difference there. So Barbara, I'm gonna throw it to you for a closing thought or tip or challenge, and then Russell will close out our interview. And thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Russell and you. I appreciate it. This is wonderful to be able to share the good news of you have something to offer. Go out and be positive in your funding. Don't tuck your tail between your legs. I'd like to challenge nonprofits to look at your stool. How many legs do you have? How strong are they are? Go out and find community allies. Look beyond your traditional scope and see what can I do? What do I have to offer? How can I collaborate? How can I be a good community collaborator, not only with the for-profit sector, but with other nonprofits because there's strength in numbers. So go out and be positively funded. Thanks always, Barbara. I'm looking forward to having lunch with you later this week. And so that's the beauty of the bonus that I get, Hugh. Barbara's in my backyard and we're going to play and, and talk to people here and do what we can to come together and make some impact. I'd like to thank all of our viewers here on Facebook and our listeners out there. You can find the Nonprofit Exchange podcast both in the iTunes store and on Stitcher. Please go there and subscribe. As always, you can find information about upcoming podcasts at our, our website, thenonprofitexchange.org. Come in there, all of the information on some previous podcasts are there. And join. Make sure that you click the Join Now button at Cinevision Leadership to join in our community. We're going to have all sorts of resources coming in. We do monthly specialized podcasts with experts. And we're here every Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, noon Mountain Time, bringing you experts, uh, brilliant people like Barbara, who I'd like to thank again, Join us again here next week. We will be, um, we'll have a, 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 a break, but we will have a, a previous episode up. We'll be back in uh, two weeks for sure. Join the community. Make sure that once you join the community, you can send us message, messages at the nonprofit exchange. You can converse with one another. And uh, so thank you again. We look forward to seeing you here on the next episode of the Nonprofit Exchange. Until then, keep making a difference and thank you for all that you do. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>